Hello, everyone. Welcome to Reiki Radio. I am your host, Yolanda Williams, and I am back in San Diego. It feels so good to be home. I can't even tell you. Um, I was gone for two weeks traveling across the country, and you know, I'm really grateful for everything I saw and the people that I met, but I am so glad to be home. So I um, did get a chance to communicate with some of you through email while I was on the road. And, you know, several people were asking where I was. So just really quickly, I flew from San Diego to Asheville, North Carolina. And while I was there, I had an opportunity to re- to meet one of our guests from Reiki Radio. Um, her name was Deborah Lloyd, and she came on the show a few months ago. So I had a chance to meet her in Asheville, and that was great. And then from there, I went to Washington, D.C. That's where I'm from, and I got to spend time with my family. And then I was off to Cleveland, Ohio, and I met a wonderful woman there who is um, who was from Canada, actually, seeking out some pain management for her daughter who has celiac disease. And then I was in Chicago, and while I was in Chicago, of course, I had the amazing stuffed pizza from a place called Giordano's. I think that's how you say it. It was so good. It was like the best thing I ever ate. And then I went to Maharashi Vedic City, Iowa, which is a very interesting little place. And then Kansas City, Missouri, Oklahoma, Santa Fe, New Mexico, where I saw the most beautiful sunsets. Um, And I went to Aztec, New Mexico, where I got to see the Aztec ruins, which were amazing. And then my trip ended in Vegas before returning to San Diego. And I have to say, in traveling across the country, um, I can't believe how much corn (laughs) I saw. It was just like corn for days, corn everywhere. But the most amazing thing to me really was the sky and how different the sky looked um, traveling across the country. You know, like in places like Iowa, for example, it looked like the sky went on for days. And then in New Mexico, it looked like the sky came down and touched the earth. I mean, it was just absolutely beautiful. So anyway, I'm home and I'm happy to be back here with you. And I hope all is well. Now, before we get started, um, I just want to point out that You know, I've had a lot of emails from people wondering what is going on with the energies lately. You know, a lot of people have been dealing with a lot of changes and frustrations, and these energies have been really intense for so many of us. And, you know, we had the blue moon, and then seven planets were in retrograde at one time, and then this month we had three separate dates that were triple eights in the system of numerology. So there was a lot going on and a lot of us dealing with release of attachments and letting go and, you know, whether it was seemingly by force or choice, just moving in new directions and doing things differently. So it has been a lot, but if you have been going through that, just take a breath. I actually wrote 
some more detail about these energies in my newsletter this month. So if you haven't signed up for that yet, you can go to uchi.com, that's Y-E-W-C-H-I.com and sign up for the newsletter and find out some more about the energy of August. Um, What else came up? So last week while I was still on the road, I did do an episode about what to do after your Reiki class. And that episode was really for everyone who practices Reiki at any level. And tonight we're going to talk about Reiki sessions because I did get a lot of questions about that as well. So we're going to start from the perspective of practitioners. And I wanted to talk to you about preparing for your sessions because if you have taken Reiki classes, you may be questioning how to prepare for your sessions and what to do. So one of the first things um, I always recommend is creating a sacred space for yourself and taking the time to prepare your own energy before working on someone else. So that may include meditation, Maybe you want to um, sage or just set an intention. Some people like to pray. Some people like to chant. Whatever it is that you do to release and connect with yourself in a very deep way. You want to um, be in a space where you can hold loving space for the person that you're about to work on. And you know, with that, like I said, setting a clear intention for the session is always good. Um, I always have the intention of the session being in the highest and best for the person, releasing and letting go of my own opinions, my own thoughts, my own, you know, attachment to the outcome. You want it to be in the highest and best for the person. Now, another thing you can do is ask what the client wants to focus on. Find out why they're there. Why did they show up for a session? That will help you a lot in guiding you through the work, but also building a connection with the person you're going to work with. But even more than that, it gives them an opportunity to really be consciously aware of where they are in the moment, how they're feeling, what's going on with them, so that they will notice the difference once the session is over. So it's a lot of good reasons to check in um, with whomever you're going to work with. And also ask them if, you know, there's an intention that they may want to set for themselves, you know, and let them know what to expect. So if you are someone who does work with hands-on or whether you hover, you want to let the person know that there may be times that your hands are touching, sometimes you may not, and just let them know um, what to prepare for however you personally conduct your sessions. Now, during the session as a practitioner, One of the main things, like I said, is to release the need to control the flow of energy and just allow. Now, I talked to you about this a little bit in the last episode that we did, but this is so important. It really does help you to um, be a clearer channel, like just moving out of the way and allowing the energy to move 
through you. You're a conduit of this energy and just allowing it to flow in the highest and best so that you can just become the observer. Now, for a lot of people, this can be challenging. So one of the things I recommend is focusing on your palm chakras. So while you have your hands on a person, you want to make sure your hands are very light. You don't want to press down hard on anyone. Make sure it's a very light touch and focus on your palms and just notice what you sense. Notice what it feels like. Notice the shifts and changes as the energy moves. And for those of you who are working on your intuition, you can ask intuitively what it is you're sensing when you're working on your client. Now, um, a lot of people do include music, which I recommend something just, you know, soothing like you would have during a massage. You can have candles or, you know, whatever it is that you like to prepare your environment for the client to be able to relax. It's a space for them to relax and to connect with themselves to really um, promote healing on an energetic level. Now, if you are someone who likes to work with essential oils or sage and things like that, you do want to be aware if your client has a sensitivity to certain scents or smells or if they just aren't a fan of those things. So you do want to um, check in with your client before doing those types of things. And then finally, crystals. Um, I know a lot of people do work with crystals. Some people don't necessarily want you to lay crystals on them. Again, you want to check in with your client. But you can also put uh, crystals under the table. So, for example, I always have selenite underneath my Reiki table when I'm working. And I also have other crystals around the room that I work in. But um, putting crystals around the room and under the table are also an option. Now, after your sessions, um, I do recommend taking a moment just to give thanks. Have a moment of gratitude um, as you disconnect energetically from your client. Just, you know, give thanks for the session, the healing, whatever it is that comes up for you. And you want to remind your client to get up slowly and carefully because they're going to have a lot of energy still moving through them. Um, I also recommend to offer a water when the session is over because that will help the person to ground. And again, there's a lot of energy moving through them and a lot of release. So it's very um, helpful to give them water. Now, one of the things um, that I did mention to you before as well is asking what their experience was. Keep in mind that the experiences of your clients will vary. It'll be different person to person. It may be different for the same person session to session, you know, so don't have any attachment to the outcome for them and know that they got exactly what they needed in the highest and best for them, regardless of what they consciously noticed. You know, it's for some people, they'll just feel relaxed and there'll be other people that have sessions and they see a lot of imagery or 
they feel the energy moving through them or they have these very profound experiences. But the thing is, is that the energy is going to be moving through them and working with them even after the session has ended. So some people may just notice a shift in perspective over the next few days or that their sleep is better or they're feeling more relaxed and comfortable and have less tension, whatever the case may be. But just ask them what their experience was because you will learn a lot from that as well. And if you choose to share what you noticed, just be mindful of how you share that information and never diagnose or um, give any kind of medical advice. Okay, now for those of you who do not practice Reiki and maybe thinking about having a session, I wanted to give you a few tips as well. Um, as a client, the best way to prepare for your Reiki session is I always suggest avoiding alcohol or recreational drugs for at least 24 hours prior to your session. And again, that's just so that you are more of a clear vessel and you're going to have a lot of energy moving. So it's just good to be clear, stay hydrated, drink plenty of water, and um, that's all. You want to make sure that you are dressed comfortably. You leave on your clothes. Um, most practitioners will have you take off your shoes, but just be comfortable. And again, you know, let go of any expectation. Just give yourself permission to relax and to receive and to heal and whatever intention you want to set for yourself. It's always a good thing to do. Now, while you're actually in your Reiki session, it's always nice to start by just breathing, focusing on your breath and allowing, allowing yourself to melt into the table. Every time you exhale, just let go and let yourself relax completely and fully. And that's really a good time to set an intention for yourself of, you know, what you may want to release, what you may be trying to heal, what you want to balance if you need clarity, whatever that may be. It's your session. It's your process. So your involvement matters. Now, after the session, um, a lot of people feel, again, very relaxed. So you want to make sure that you allow yourself to rest, get plenty of rest, drink plenty of water, but take note of what came up for you. A lot of people will have very specific things come up during their sessions that are um, connected to their healing or connected to you know what it is that they're working through for release. So you may want to journal or just share with someone, but take note of what comes up for you and be very aware of your perspective over the next few days because again, the energy is moving even beyond your session. Now, as always, I tell you all, if you have any questions about Reiki, you can always email me, you can contact me through my website, but I also have a free webinar all about Reiki that you can access on my website as well. Okay, now another question that comes up for practitioners and clients is how many sessions are necessary? 
Now, you know, this is completely up to you. However, Reiki helps to rebalance your energy and it helps to bring us back into alignment with clarity and release of energetic buildup. So there will be people who notice significant shifts even after one session, but it's really recommended that you do a series of sessions initially to help facilitate balancing on multiple levels, especially if you're new to the technique. You'll see um, uh, more significant results that way. So just an example of this, because, you know, when it comes to what we're holding on to, there's usually layers <laughs> to what we're holding. So um, a lot of people will come for Reiki, say, after a relationship has ended and they're just dealing with the stress of heartache and, you know, just working through their emotions. So they come in for their first session and it helps, you know, say they feel more relaxed in their body. But with that release of tension, perhaps they have the realization that part of the challenge in the relationship was that they were being very guarded. Now they'll feel some sense of release from having that acknowledgement and that realization. But there may be more layers of hurt um, and stuck energy even beneath that. So perhaps they'll come to another session and in that one they'll realize, oh, I was guarded because I was hurt in a previous relationship. That energy is working. You're working through it piece by piece. And then, you know, you may continue to work on yourself energetically and realize that at the root of it all, you're holding on to the energy of, of what you saw your parents go through. Now, this is just an example, but the point is, is that regardless of what we're holding on to and what we may realize on a surface level, there are usually layers to what we are holding on to energetically. And in that, it's very common that it will take uh, multiple sessions to work through those layers of what we're holding on to. And then after, you know, people get to a space where they realize they may want to taper off and do fewer sessions just for energetic maintenance. So, you know, it's really up to you and what your particular circumstance may be. But I do also recommend multiple sessions for people, you know, seeking pain relief, especially if it's chronic. And um, as most of you probably know, they even offer Reiki in hospice and in a lot of oncology departments in some hospitals. So um, it is used in conjunction with traditional medicine as well. And it really is um, such a beautiful technique and one of those things you have to experience for yourself to truly understand. Now, um, with the sessions, you know, I do have clients who schedule weekly appointments and they may do that for like a month or two and then they may switch to coming once a month or just, you know, as needed to balance. And then there are some people who come for sessions just when something comes up in their life, you know, whether it's stress or a need for clarity or just a way to unplug and refresh. It really does vary. And actually, um, 
I was talking to one of my clients today and she said she thinks Reiki should be as regular for people as eating and sleeping. And it was really funny because I have said something similar to that, but never um, that clearly, I guess, you know, and I really never thought of it in that way. But I agree. You know, I talk a lot about how we've been taught to care for ourselves on a physical level, which includes proper diet and getting plenty of rest and exercise. But very few of us are taught how to maintain and regulate energetically. Now, you know, we're both physical and energetic. So, of course, it makes sense that we would benefit from taking care of ourselves physically and energetically. And for those of you who are Reiki practitioners, you have the benefit of doing this work for yourself every day. Even if it's only 20 to 30 minutes a day, give yourself that space. You know, imagine how much better you would feel if you took the time to work on you, to balance yourself. And on top of that, it helps to deepen your connection with your practice. Um, I told you on the last show that I recently um, taught a master level class and um, two of my students, they are very into yoga and I was thinking of them today and I sent them a message and actually it may benefit some of you. So essentially what I told them is, you know, thinking about yoga, yoga takes practice And as you deepen your practice, you may go deeper into certain positions and you'll have deeper release and create deeper connections with yourself. Well, the same is true of Reiki and intuitive development. Both require your practice. And as you do, you become more self-aware and you realize your abilities with more clarity and understanding. Your practice is where you unlock the magic and you realize that you've always been exactly what you've been seeking. So keep that in mind. For all of you practitioners out there, your practice is everything. And for all of us, whether you practice Reiki or not, our self-care, both physical and energetic, is important to our overall well-being. Now, speaking of which, I received an email um, while I was gone from a woman who is a Reiki Level 2 practitioner, and she wanted to know if I had done an episode about performing distance sessions. So for all of you Reiki Level 2 practitioners, I am hosting a free webinar next week. And in that, I'm going to guide you through strengthening your palm chakras and guiding you through a practice to help you with um, performing distant sessions. So if you do want to work on that, be sure to sign up for the webinar. And the link for that is in this month's newsletter. So if you haven't signed up for my newsletter yet, again, you can hop over to my website, which is uchi.com. That's Y-E-W-C-H-I.com and sign up for that today.
And then um, finally, before we go, I'm also teaching another intuitive mastery course, which will also be live and you can interact with me and I can work with you one-on-one. So if you are interested in strengthening your intuition and incorporating intuitive work into your practice or just for your own personal development, that class starts on Monday and it's a 10-week course and we're doing it online and everyone who participates will have two private one-to-one sessions with me and there are other bonuses as well. So um, if you do sign up for the newsletter, you'll get more information about that and access to that registration as well. So that is all for today. You know, a lot of these episodes on Reiki Radio are inspired by your questions and emails. So please continue to reach out and let me know what you want to know more about. We learn and grow in exchange. And um, there's actually a um, there's a website that hosts online courses that are live and their webinars, um, but they use webcams so that you can interact live with the teacher. And they've asked me to do some online courses on their site. And it sounds like a lot of fun, so I'm going to do it. And the first class that I teach on there will be free. So I would love for you to join me and You can stay connected through my newsletter for more information about that. But I would love your input. So please let me know what you would like me to teach. If you have any ideas for my free class, be sure to email me your suggestions and you can contact me through uchi.com. So, okay, that's really it for tonight. And I can't tell you how happy I am to be back with you. And I will have a lot going on in the next few weeks, especially with the Intuitive Mastery class starting on Monday. But I'll be back with a new episode of Reiki Radio as soon as possible. And I thank you always for joining me. I hope to see you in class and remember to always journey in love.